0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Worship Podcast for First United Methodist Church of West Pittston, Pennsylvania. I am Rev. Tenny Rupnick. Our scripture readings later in the service, so that you will be able to jot them down and, and look them up beforehand if you're interested, will be 1 Peter 1, 17-23, and Luke 24, 13 The third Sunday of Easter, April 26, 2020. Our gathering meditation for this morning is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 14a, and then jumping ahead to verses 36 through 39. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Therefore let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And Peter said to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. Gather together with me. Move your heart and your spirit closer to the Lord. Consider the Lord as Creator, God who conceived of all things, formed them well, and and called them good. Consider our Lord as Shepherd and also the Lamb, God who came to man to teach us and lead us and then to sacrifice himself for our sakes. Consider the Lord as Holy Spirit, Holy Hand and Holy Heart, sent to our everyday living so that we may never be alone. Let us gather together there, closer to God in our minds and our souls and throughout our lives. No pews, no candles, no stained glass windows. But don't be fooled. This is sanctuary. Our invocation O God, be present with us always. Grant that your spirit may dwell within our hearts, that by your presence and power we may learn, understand, confess, and be healed. Amen. Our opening hymn for this morning is taken from the little black book called The Faith We Sang, number 2164, and its title is Sanctuary. I'm going to sing through the chorus three times. Please join with me if you want to. Lord, prepare me to be a
1: sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary.
0: Our call to worship is taken from Psalm 116. We love the Lord because he hears us when we call out. Because he inclined his ear to us, we will call on him as long as we live. What shall we return to the Lord for all his bounty to us? We will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. We will honor our commitment to the Lord and the presence of all his people. We will offer to God our thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord with praise on our lips as long as we may live. And now, as we have so gathered by the light of your cell phone or your computer screen as we listen to this podcast in this odd time of sheltering in, not together in body physically, but still together as the body of Christ, let us bend the knees of our hearts and bow our heads before our Creator sustainer, and Lord in prayer. Let us pray. O Lord, hear
1: our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer.
0: Merciful God, full of grace, hear our prayers of confession and our prayers of need in these next few moments of silence. O God, our God, have mercy on us. Continue to be with us on this journey of life, O God. Walk beside us and support us when we are burdened and sinking low. Lead us through the trials, the suffering and sorrow, the challenges and struggles, the tired times and dark places. Talk to us and guide us when we are lost and unsure. Live in us and work through us when others are in need of your presence and love. Free us from any and all pits of despair in our lives and bless us with your healing touch that we may go forth in faith and hope to sing your praises as we answer your call to love and serve one another. Amazing, mighty God, we have seen your awesome deeds in our lives and in our world. Be with those who weep or cannot sleep, those who have no peace or who seek release. Lead us, Lord, with grace, with love, and with peace. Fill us, God, with hope, with patience, and with stamina. Transform us, Almighty One, in your image, through your Son, and by your name. Improve us that we may grow, better understand, and more clearly see. Complete us that we may be made whole, and that in wholeness we may be the hands and feet of Christ. We give you thanks for the miraculous ways you love and heal us. Heal us, O Jesus, now, as you healed the blind and the lame and the lepers of old. Lift us up from the burden of despair, a despair that would prevent us from walking forth as your people and answering your call on our lives. Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks for the gift of life, for the gift of your Son, and for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We pray all these things in the name of Christ Jesus and continue to pray as he taught us to, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our first hymn this morning, or second hymn, that this one comes from the, the hymnal number 395, and is entitled, Take Time to Be Holy. Take time to be holy, speak oft with thy Lord, abide in him always, and feed on his word. Make friends of God's children, help those who are weak, forgetting in nothing his blessing to seek. Take time to be holy, the world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus, like him thou shalt be. Thy friends and thy conduct, his likeness shall see. Take time to be holy, let him be thy guide. And run not before him, whatever betide. In joy or in sorrow, still follow the Lord. And looking to Jesus, still trust in his word. Take time to be holy, be calm in thy soul. Each thought and each motive beneath his control. Thus led by his spirit to fountains of love. Thou soon shall be fitted for service above. Joining together now in our confession of faith, may we recite the Apostles' Creed. Let us say what we believe and believe what we say. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Now would be the time in our service in which we would ask the ushers to come forward and we would give our offering. Please know, beloved family, at first, as I keep saying, that while our doors remain closed, our ministry goes on and the bills still need to be paid. Please, let's continue to do our most and to do our best to help keep First UMC of West Pittston from becoming one of those churches which cannot recover from this time of closure. Remember to give to your church so our ministry will be there as strong as ever, viable as ever, when we return to our building in body and to one another in person. And so I say now, as I say every week, just as our Almighty God gave entirely of God's self for our sakes. So we are likewise called to give up of ourselves time and time again for the sake of others. Let us pray. God of truth and light, we offer these gifts that we will be giving to you with humble hearts. We yearn to share your unmistakable presence with all people, While we often find temporary security in our possessions, remind us that true security comes from our relationship with you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Strengthen us and entrust us to be your faithful disciples. In the name of the risen one, we pray. And all God's children say, Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God all creatures here below. Praise God above, ye heavenly host. Praise Creator Christ and Holy Ghost. Amen. The next hymn I'll be reading is number 309 in your hymnal, and it's entitled On the Day of Resurrection. And this hymn is one that probably isn't very common or or known, well known um, in singing. I listened to the tune itself, and it was unfamiliar to me and a little bit awkward, if I can say. But I ask you to please listen to the words. It's about this journey, this walk to Emmaus that will be read in the gospel scripture later. And it's a really powerful hymn as far as the lyrics are concerned. On the Day of Resurrection. On the Day of Resurrection, to Emmaus we return. While confused, amazed, and frightened, Jesus comes to us, unknown. Then the stranger asks a question, What is this which troubles you? Meets us in our pain and suffering. Jesus walks with us, unknown. In our trouble, words come from him, burning fire within our hearts. Tells to us the scripture's meaning. Jesus speaks to us, unknown. Then we near our destination. Then we ask the stranger in. And he yields to our urging. Jesus stays with us, unknown. Day of sorrow is forgotten when the guest becomes the host, taking bread and blessing, breaking. Jesus is himself made known. Opened eyes, renewed convictions, journey back to scenes of pain, telling all that Christ is risen, Jesus is through us made known Our New Testament reading for this morning is from 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 17 through 23 If you invoke as Father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds live in reverent fear during the time of your exile You know that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are set on God. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God. Luke 24 13 through 35. Now on that same day, two of the disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened in Jerusalem. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And Jesus said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered Jesus, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? And Jesus asked them, What things? They replied, Moreover, some of our women of the group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of us who were there went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then Jesus said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. And as they came near to the village to which they were going, Emmaus, Jesus walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So Jesus went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, these two got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered there. Those others were saying, The Lord has indeed risen, and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the road, and how Jesus had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The sermon title for this morning is, Haven't You Heard? And so the disciple Cleopas said to the stranger before him, Hang on a minute. I mean, haven't you heard? Well, okay, that's not totally accurate. What Cleopas actually said to that stranger according to the book of Luke, is are you the only one in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? And the person he's talking to is not a stranger at all, but is rather his own teacher and leader, that Jesus of Nazareth, that rabbi who was just crucified and around whom rumors were swirling that he had been none other than raised from the dead. But if you are paying attention as the scripture was read, or if you remember this tale of the walk to Emmaus, Jesus is like a stranger to those two disciples at this point in this story, for they do not recognize him at all. But for our purposes, the disciple Cleopas says to this stranger, in quotation marks, that he met on the road, Hang on just a minute. I mean, haven't you heard? And we know that feeling. We've been there before. When something really big, something kind of monumental happens in our lives, in our communities, or in our world, and we come across someone who has had no clue about it. When folks surprise us with what they don't, in fact, know, and we have that moment of shock and surprise, and, and we say to them, hang on a minute, do you mean to say that you don't know? Don't know that that those two got divorced, for example, or that those other people had twins, or that so-and-so didn't quit, actually, but was fired from that job. That someone else had finally stopped drinking, that another person moved, say, out west months ago. That's how these two disciples felt. When they met this stranger to them, this man on the road, and he is asking what they're talking about as if he doesn't recognize or understand the topic or the news they're discussing. And at first there's the shock for these two disciples. For the scripture says that they stood still for a bit, looking sad even. And I imagine that they're trying to process this, that this man hasn't heard And then comes their questioning as they're swimming in their disbelief. Hang on just a minute. Do you mean to say that you haven't heard? I mean, it's all anybody has been talking about. It was the scandal and the tragedy of the season. The crowds cheering him into the city, all the way to the mob then, calling for his blood mere days later. This innocent man killed. But listen, it didn't stop there. Now there are reports that he is dead no longer. Can you even imagine that? And we are reeling from this news and don't know what to do or which way to turn. How can you not know? Haven't you heard? It would be like like you or me, maybe, taking a walk now with someone close to us on one of our few sunshiny days, it seems, this spring. We need to get out after all, as we are all a little stir crazy and struck with the cabin fever and that fever that I think is the other real pandemic going on here. And so we put on a mask, a new thing for us, and we set out to take this walk with our spouse or sibling or favorite neighbor. And we're walking along and enjoying the sun as we talk. We're admiring the budding trees and appreciating the fresh breeze and all of a sudden a person, a person without a mask, a person who's passing us on the sidewalk, that person stops us, reaches out and gets this, touches us, tapping a shoulder or grabbing a sleeve and says, sorry, I'm not trying to be rude, but I'm really confused. What's with all the masks I've been seeing on everyone, everywhere? And we'd stop, wouldn't we? Maybe being quiet for a moment, looking shocked lightly and disturbed perhaps, wondering if this guy or gal is for real. Then, after we recovered a bit, we'd likely say something like, Wait just a minute, are you serious here? Are you actually saying you know nothing about this pandemic we're going through? The coronavirus? COVID-19? And at the blank look they'd give, we'd be astounded. And then counter with intensity. But how is it you haven't heard? Because it's been the big event for us, all anybody has been talking about. Not the scandal of the season, per se, but definitely a tragedy of the decade or of the century. And the type of life-changing event we'll never forget and always be talking about in the future, because it's been that big, that huge for us, and we cannot fathom how someone could not know. We'd stop with stunned sadness, perhaps, but we'd stop all we're doing and rush forward in the explaining, in the telling, because we can't, of course, just not tell. We can't just not say anything. It would go against our nature to slide by that other questioning person without any explanation at all. Because the news we have, well, it's too monumental. It's too important to us. And what has gone on? Well, it's utterly life-changing. I'm going to say something a bit serious now and very important. Lean in and listen. Listen. Our response or reaction to those who don't know Christ should be exactly the same. Our reaction to those who don't know the love of Christ in their life should be exactly the same as those two examples, the same as the disciples in this scripture on their walk to Emmaus, the same as our imagined response if we talk to someone who somehow, some way knew nothing about the coronavirus. Our response to those who seem to know nothing or little about Jesus or about the relationship that can be had with God should also cause us to stop in our tracks with an almost frightening disbelief as we suspend everything else we're doing and thinking about up until that moment, as we face them head on, and as we give them our full time and attention. As we say to them, with love, everything in love, children of God. But as we say to them, hang on for a minute. I mean, haven't you heard? Hang on just a minute. Haven't you heard? When do you think is the last time you told someone about Jesus, our Christ? I'm really asking. Try to think of it. Try to pinpoint a time. I know, I know, we're not all evangelists. Some of us are shy about saying such things to other people, and I think there's a few reasons for that. One reason we can be shy about talking about our faith, I think, is that in our culture today, we are taught above all to be tolerant of other people, to live and let live to not push our own opinions and agendas and beliefs, but instead to respect others' positions and opinions. In other words, we don't want to be pushy or rude. Another reason we may be hesitant to talk about Jesus could be because of the, the secularization of our culture. The idea that church and state are separate, that church belongs in church, that work is work and school is school that government and religion are two entirely different things and better kept in their own spheres. A third reason may be because while our culture is more secular, it is, at the very same time, overwhelmingly Christian. That is to say, most of the people we know and come into contact with are Christian, or at least, even if they may not be currently practicing in in their day-to-day living, Most of the people we know have had childhoods in which they were taught about God and they've had some exposure to the church. If they're married, chances are they were married in a church. Many of them, even if they may not attend every Sunday, are members of a church down the road where they are Presbyterian or Catholic or Assembly of God. And then we think to ourselves, who are we? Who are we to bust in and to tell them about a God that they already know and have their own understanding of? We think, what sense does it make for me to talk to Mr. Evans or or Mrs. Peters? And those are just random names pulled out of a hat. But what sense does it make for me to talk to, to Mrs. Smith or Mr. Myers about a God that he or she already knows? And this is where I'd like to say to you directly this morning, So listen, here it is. Just hang on a minute. Haven't you heard? Haven't you heard that you are unique? That your experiences are important? That your story about your faith in and your relationship with and your reliance upon your Savior is like no other experience with God that anyone else has ever known? Haven't you heard, has no one ever told you that your story and your experiences are worth something, are worth everything? Well, if no one has told you that, I'm here to tell you just that today. See, here's the thing, and we can get past all the political garbage and social tangles of whether we should talk about God with that person or in that place or at this time If we think of it like this, we are just telling about what has happened to us and for us. We are just talking about ourselves. We are simply sharing a relationship we have and a love we've received. We are merely relating, and I say the word merely, a bit tongue-in-cheek, because there's nothing small or inconsequential about it. We are merely relating news about a life-saving event that has happened to us and for us. It's like this, grandparents out there. Are you shy about talking about the newest grandchild or hesitant about telling what amazing thing the 12-year-old grandkid just did last week? (laughs) No, you are not. And this pastor can say that with exclamation points on my page and with laughter in my voice because enough of you have shown me pictures and told me stories of your grandkids time and time again. And thank you for that. I love it. But my point is you are not hesitant to do that. You are not afraid. Of course you are not. Of course you should not be. And it's like this to pet owners, or gardeners, or mechanics, gearheads, or exercisers out there, for example. Are you shy about bragging on your dog or telling us about your cat? Do you resist the temptation to talk about the orchid you got to bloom finally, or to boast about the size of this year's tomatoes? Are you ashamed or worried about showing off that clean and waxed, Classic car that's just purring under its hood? Or do you keep the news of your second place finish in that last race all under wraps because you're afraid you might offend? Of course, you are not. At least, I surely, surely hope you are not. Because you should not be. Because that's just you talking about what is important to you. That's merely you talking about your satisfaction and delight, your efforts and rewards, your hopes and your happy results. That's just you talking about your, your you. Disciples walking toward Emmaus, discussing the big news of their teacher being killed and reportedly rising again. Companions. Walking city streets blossoming with spring, just having lived through and still living through the monumental event of COVID-19, and both, both sharing a piece of themselves and their experiences with another because of the sheer importance of what they've gone through to them, because of their conviction that the other person somehow needs to know and to hear. The tomb was empty. The women ran forth to talk about it to all of the other disciples. The tomb is empty. God's love has been extended. Our salvation is secured and complete and revealed. Your lives are full of those God moments and and deep Christ relationships and incredible faith-filled Holy Spirit experiences that Christians love to have, can hope to have, and we have been commanded to share the news. Think about it. Do you remember? We're now being moved to share our faith with others. Wait for it. Can you feel it? We are being called to tell of our experiences. Listen for the call. Can you hear it? It's high time our faith in and our relationship with our God in heaven becomes our life-changing, monumental, has-to-be-shared news once again. Because and after all, it's that big, that huge for us. And we should not be able to fathom that someone else might not know. Hang on just a minute. Haven't you heard? Amen. Our final hymn for this morning is number 398 in our hymnal and is entitled, Jesus Calls Us. Jesus calls us o'er the tumult of our life's wild, restless sea. Day by day his sweet voice soundeth, saying, Christian, follow me. As of old, the apostles heard it by the Galilean lake, turned from home and toil and kindred, leaving all for Jesus' sake. Jesus calls us from the worship of the vain world's golden store, from each idol that would keep us, saying, Christian, love me more. In the joys and in our sorrows, days of toil and hours of ease, still he calls In cares and pleasures, Christian, love me more than these. Jesus calls us. By thy mercy, Savior, may we hear thy call. Give our hearts to thine obedience. Serve and love thee best of all. Before we take our leave now of one another and and turn off this podcast and return to our weeks, May we recite the prayer of St. Francis together, if you can remember it. If you don't know it, just please listen. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. So we go now as witnesses of God's eternal presence. The risen Christ has made himself known to you, so set your faith and hope on God, fulfilling your vows and living in genuine mutual love. And may God hear and respond whenever you call. May Christ Jesus make himself known to you in all things. And may the Holy Spirit open your eyes and set your hearts on fire with love. We go in peace to serve and to love the Lord. In the name of Christ, all God's children say, amen.